Hey, folks, welcome back to Rugby Ascendant segment on Chris White Africa and on the Rugby Ascendant channel. And I'm very excited today with my special guest from Rugby ATL. Hey, and this guy, uh, some of you may know who he is, Kurt Coleman, formerly with uh, Western Province and the Stormers. And yes, I am wearing a, pro uh, a Stormers jersey today. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, how are you? Thank you uh, I'm, I'm quite well. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> hey, listen, I've been wanting to get you on, but you weren't uh, on the pitch early the season. I think it was injury that you missed part of the yeah. season. What was that all about? Yeah. Yeah. So I got injured in the first uh, warm up game of the season. Uh, we had an inter scrimmage uh, game and I got injured in the first six minutes. And um, yeah, I broke uh, I broke my leg, actually. So or bone. So, um, yeah, I've been out for four months and uh, it's good to be back. Well, and you've, you've definitely had an impact on the pitch already. I mean, a lot of times it's hard to shake that rust off when you've been down for a bit. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, give me, give me a grade for your game thus far. But uh, watching you play so far, it's looking pretty good. looks like you, you, you must have had a good timeline to get yourself fit and come back into the game. Yeah, initially when the, when the injury happened, I was obviously very disappointed. And I spoke to the doctor and we kind of uh, had a timeline as to when I was going to be back. Um, and when he said four months, that like that obviously changed my mindset as as to how hard I have to work and all those things. Um, I was lucky enough to that it's only a bone, so there's no st stability issues. And once the bone's healed, you're pretty much uh, good to go. Um, on my game, it's just like the little things. It's it's coming back slowly. I luckily had two weeks with a team where I was fully fit and I was kind of getting back into it. And um, obviously, in the game, you just play of what you feel and. Uh, small things that, that I still want to tweak in my game, but it's, it's going really nicely at the moment. Well, and, and, and your kicking game looks pretty good there. It's uh, good to see you controlling the ball pretty well. Uh, this this these uh, last couple of games are pretty exciting. Hey, that Utah game. Wow. Uh, okay. Now, I haven't talked to Scott Lawrence, and I missed the press conference this week because I was covering the events in South Africa that are unfolding. And so I was yeah. tied up in a nine-hour stream yesterday. But uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, it's, that's important. So I missed yesterday's press conference, but I was going to talk to Scott because I know how Scott Lawrence is. Um, uh, he was probably happy with the win, thrilled to go out there and win the game, but uh, he probably was a little less than thrilled with the defensive laps there in the second half. But but the defensive laps aside, watching the game, from my perspective, you guys, uh, did you feel this way? Because this is how it looked to us watching the game. It looked as if you had good control of the game, both offensively and defensively for most of the game. Take, take away those defensive letdowns in the second half. Did you guys feel that way on the pitch? Did you feel like you had this one under control? Or did you feel pressed hard by Utah? I mean, going into the game, we obviously did our homework and we had a game plan that we wanted to execute. Um, I'd say the first half went according to plan. And obviously it was the balls drier than normal because over in Atlanta, the humidity is so bad that it's, we play a wet game every week, basically. So mm -hmm. the guys were pretty excited to play with a, with a dry ball and give the ball some air. And uh, I think our tech was, was obviously very good this weekend. Um, obviously the, the defensive lapses that happens in games, um, but obviously uh, if you've got more points, you're going to win the game. So we'll try and fix that this week and going into the free jacks this weekend, we'll, We'll do our homework again and just keep continuing until into the playoffs. Well, Kurt, you mentioned the humidity there in Atlanta, and uh, that's definitely something that's having an impact this season because Major League Rugby started season late because of the pandemic. And so rather than start the third week of January, they got started a bit after that. And now we've run the games into the summer test series, which has had an impact on your club and all the clubs, major luxury with guys being called up to Canada, the U S and a few other international sides. And then yeah. now you've also had the impact, which a lot of people don't realize is it's pushed you guys into Atlanta summer, which can be quite brutal <laughs> with the humidity. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a adjustment to, to most players. 
um, like this weekend in Utah, it was, uh, I'd say, 100 degrees at kickoff at 8 o'clock at night. So that alone was also something different. But then again, the ball was dry, so which was fun. Um, yeah, it's it's obviously you have your international players for, for the season. We had a couple. and um, But luckily, we have good depth in our squad and the guys just filled in nicely. And uh, we're in a good position this week to, to ro- rotate some players and um, to see what we can do this weekend going to the Free Jacks. Well, it's interesting because I saw someone uh, interviewing uh, Johan Monson, who was the man of the match. Oh, I would say player or whatever the match is. I'm sorry. It's yeah. man of the match. He's a man of the match after the game. He was called man of the match and interviewed him and asked him a question about what's it like for you playing in altitude? And I kind of chuckled when I heard that question because I'm like, uh, you need to do a little homework uh, for Johan. That's not that big a deal. He's played in yeah, altitude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's from Kimberley, so he's used to that. Man. He's exactly. played every week, so uh... – yeah. But I must admit, uh, the first uh, I came on the first five minutes, my lungs were blowing, and mm. luckily, when that the second wind kicks in, you you're good to go. But uh, it's definitely an adjustment to to playing at I guess sea level. Uh, I get you. A few years ago, when I was stationed in the American Embassy while I was still in active duty in the Army, uh, I would go out of the embassy, change, and run at lunchtime to get some exercise in because I was too busy yeah. in the morning, too busy at night, and I ran from the embassy up the hill. And I really thought I must be in horrible condition. My fitness is really weak. And I, I didn't think about it because I was, I was so busy focused on work. It's 9,900 feet at the embassy. And I ran up <laughs> several hundred feet above that over 10,000 yeah. feet. And so, yeah, no wonder I was sucking for air. So I can appreciate <laughs> that. So, but you're right. Once, once you get adjusted, uh, it's good. that. And if you're fit, you could adjust as the game goes. But if you're not fit, you're not going to make it through the game. Yeah, I was actually a little bit worried because uh, I was really tired before I went on and I guess that's just like nervous energy or whatever. But uh, obviously when I got in the field, you could get your first touch and um, you kind of get into the game and then all, those, all the nerves just disappear and you just play rugby, I guess. And you, know, you get that second breath and it's just all second nature. Absolutely. But, you know, it's uh, the nice thing about that, I must say, is that the crowd was big i don't know it wasn't full i don't know if they still have restrictions for the pandemic but that has to be about the largest crowd you guys have played in front of the season definitely before the game we actually thought we we're going to get five thousand capacity crowd uh, obviously it wasn't full to the to the to the capacity but it was really nice playing in front of a crowd again like a, a active crowd like <laughs> they were actually booing me while i was kicking which was remind me <laughs> a little bit of newlands which is quite fun um but yeah it was really nice playing in front of a crowd and obviously um giving them, them some uh, some entertainment for for the day, which was really nice, and the fans are awesome after the game, and it was just a, it was a good day for for rugby. Well, I, I'm a little confused, Kurt. Okay, so are you talking about maybe when you played for the Kings, you're saying you got booed at Newlands? I mean, you play for Province and the Stormers. Why would you be booed at Newlands? Uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised <laughs> <laughs> when you play against any New Zealand team. You have the Cape, uh, the Cape Crusaders there in Cape Town, and um, yeah, it, sometimes it gets a little bit hostile. Well, I, I, the sad part about this is Newlands will be no more. I mean, it was supposed to already been demolished, but apparently it's still up. They just had some under-20 championships there. Uh, but now I guess all the games that the, they're playing are at the uh, at the uh, Greenpoint or the, the uh, Cape Town Stadium, as it's called now. So that's a nicer facility. But, I mean, Newlands was historic. It was iconic. Oh, was, that's probably one of the best fields I've ever played at. Obviously made my debut there, played a number of games at Newlands. Uh, I'll never forget the memories I made there. And um, it, it's obviously it's sad that it's going. And um, but obviously, Newlands and Western Province and the Stormers are going to embrace the new field and and everything. So, uh, good luck to them. Uh, I think it's going to be obviously a new, it's a new generation of players coming through, and if they can make that their home and make it a fortress like Newlands, um, it's obviously going to be a little bit different because they don't have the crowd on the field basically, which is one of 
the big things about the faithful. So going forward, I think they, they're going to do well there and uh, the crowd's going to come out in numbers once uh, this pandemic's over and it's just going to go from, from yeah, good times, I guess. Well, that's one of the things. Curry Cup crowds have been rather disappointing in size before the pandemic for the past several years. People attribute it to a saturation of rugby. I think it's more complicated than that. Others say that people don't have money. I think it's more complicated than that. But but the one thing that's been consistent is that at least at Newlands, the crowds were larger than pretty much anywhere else for Curry Cup action. Shows that there's a core loyal faithful that that love the province and love the Stormers. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you can always count on the faithful to come out. Um, I can actually remember it was was one of the famous Cape Town storms that came in over the weekend and um, it was probably like eight degrees and it was raining and wind all over and we had 30,000 people at the field. So something like that just shows you how faithful uh, Cape Town people are to the stormers and um, yeah, that was probably one of the best uh, experiences I had uh, at Newlands. Now, you're from NISA there um, out on the garden route the, along the Mediterranean climate of South Africa, which is demonstrably more pleasant than say what you get there in Atlanta this time of year. And you played there at, uh, of course, uh, at Cape town in the mother city for the stormers, Western province. And even for the Southern Kings, that's a pretty balmy climate compared to Atlanta. Has that been a tough adjustment as you get into summer there with that humidity? Yes, definitely. Um, obviously playing in, in, or growing up in nice, that's awesome weather. It's not really, uh, too extreme going to Cape Town. There's a little bit of wind now and then, a little bit cold. Um, in PE, it's it's obviously the windy city. So, um, but that that's all fine. You can adapt to that. But a slippery ball, um, no matter what the conditions, it's it's quite an adjustment, especially if you're playing ten or nine, like you're handling the ball most of the time. So, uh, it's definitely a little bit more focus on the ball. You know, you have to think about it a little bit more, uh, concentrate a little bit harder. Um, but uh, I think because we're training and it's you kind of you get used to it. But obviously in the game is that pressure of uh, wanting to perform and obviously there's defense, live defense, and um, it's just who handles the the conditions better on the day, I guess. Now, Kurt, I need you to do me a favor here, if you don't mind. Um, some people on my channel have accused me of holding Western Province uh, rugby players captive in my basement so that I could do all these interviews from people from South Africa and Western Province. Can you dispel that rumor? You are not actually in my basement, are you? <laughs> I'm not in your basement. I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's, that's an outgrowth of the fact that there's like 8,000 South Africans on the Rugby Atlanta team. And, <laughs> <laughs> and people jokingly say that I've kidnapped all the Western Province players and locked them in my basement because they know I'm a, I'm a staunch, uh, diehard uh, Province and Stormers fan. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So uh, listen, um, just really quickly here before we wrap up, uh, what's it been like for you playing here in the States and coming here? Uh, is, is it, has it been any culture shock, anything different? And if you're going to tell me that, you know, we drive on the wrong side of the road, I'll correct you up front and tell you that we drive on the right side of the road. South <laughs> after they drive on the wrong side of the road, but any, yeah, yeah. any culture shock for you or anything that's been particularly interesting about your time here? Uh, coming over, I knew like the language is obviously fine. It's going to be English and all that stuff. What I did not expect was everything to be, bigger, quicker, everything just works. Obviously, we are third uh, 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 developing country, third world country, and coming here, everything is just a lot easier. Um, and just the people, especially in Atlanta, are very friendly. There was obviously a big population of South African people over here. And obviously, like you said, we have 8,000 players over here <laughs> at Atlanta. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of the transition from playing in South Africa and playing here was, was pretty easy. Uh, we do speak Afrikaans over here. We try and uh, we have a lot of brides and 
we try and like obviously keep keep a memory of South Africa alive. Uh, on the rugby front, it, it was obviously an adaption. Like you, you come from. I was always injured before I came. I was injured for two years, so I needed to get back into uh, my groove. I guess playing playing professional professionally again. And uh, unfortunately, the the league was cancelled five games games in last year. So and that was just the time that I felt I was starting to pick up my game and felt like normal again. And um, but yeah, it's like the the to adapt from coming from injury to coming back into a, a high a high performance facility or environment was was challenging. But obviously, with coaches and players at back, you was was pretty nice. Well, actually, that answers a question I had, Kurt. Is I wonder what happened to you for a couple of years there because I didn't see you and I didn't get news about you. That was as a time out after it already left Africa, and so I didn't have DSTV and get coverage from SuperSport. Yeah. So it's hard to keep up with you. But uh, so that's what happened to you. Well, look, you're, you're not exactly a gray beard at 31. You still got in the prime of your of your career here. So I hope that you your intent is to stick with rugby. And I don't know if you're going to stay in Atlanta or you'll go back and play in South Africa or do both. But but I hope that you stick with the game because uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to just confess up front here a little bit of a fan boy been a big fan for a long time <laughs> ever ever since you Thank came you. up yeah you're welcome ever since you came up and it was very exciting for me when they when they, they say kurt coleman is on the roster i'm like no that can't be that kurt coleman that must be some american <laughs> must be some american oak but turns out it was yeah. actually you and to get you to see you on the pitch this year it's been very exciting you guys have got um you're into the playoffs but uh, yeah. i guess we're not i'm not sure if you've got the, the the conference final people are saying you do but i think that rooney still has a chance to pass but whatever the case is now it's the focus is but the playoffs are coming but i know scott it's not gonna be the playoffs the focus is the free jacks right oh 100 we're not even thinking about the playoffs at the moment so uh, it's all free jacks this week um obviously the guys are going to get stuck in uh we're off tomorrow just doing a little bit of uh, homework today and then tomorrow we're going to get stuck into each other like we do every week and um, yeah, looking forward to it. They're a good team, and uh, we're going to have to be on our game to, to beat them up in Boston. Well, Kurt, it's a pleasure having you on, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention this very quickly. Thankfully, what we're seeing unfold in South Africa hasn't affected the Western Cape, the Northern Cape, Northwest, or Eastern Cape yet, although there was some reports of looting in the Eastern Cape today. But the chaos, the utter chaos unfolding in Pleasant and Natal and in Tank provinces are quite disturbing. And uh, I, I don't know if you have any family in those areas or if all your family's down in the South, but I, I wish you and your family the best of circumstances and hope that everyone's safe and hope that things are, don't... Uh, wind up a blaze in your part of the country yeah thank you very much yeah, everyone's back back uh, in the south so they pretty safe for now but obviously we don't know what's going to happen um uh, obviously everyone up north uh, is getting affected by the looting and, and everything is happening i pray that you're safe um let's just go work together as south africans and, and try and put an end to this and, and move forward uh we've come too far to let something like this happen now and um yeah just i pray that you stay safe in this time no, it's absolutely crazy. Now you follow you followed a um, I guess kind of a traditional path. It seems Gray High School, Stellenbosch, and then thankfully the Western Province in the <laughs> But uh, so you moved to Curry Cup and then Super Rugby. That's kind of a traditional path for a lot of folks who play rugby. Uh, but there's this. Um, how accurate is this perception? If you don't mind, I don't want okay. to put you on the spot. But but there's this perception that um, people of color in South Africa are excluded from rugby. My argument has always been that the South African Rugby Union doesn't devote enough effort to to get more people involved, to get kids out there, yeah. to focus on the youth game. If you want kids in Alexandria or Soweto or in KZN to grow up and, and become Springboks, then you've got to introduce them to the game when they're five or six years old, and you've got to build yeah. that culture. Um, is, 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 do you think my uh, assessment is accurate, or am I missing something? 
I'd agree. I was lucky enough to obviously, like to say, I go to a good school and be in the right structures, went to the Institute. Like if you work hard in, in those structures and, and you put in the work and you, I guess you're talented enough, uh, you have a, uh, obviously an opportunity to make it to, to the top level. Uh, I 100% agree with you with starting rugby at a young age. Like I started when I was six years old uh, down in Neisner. So if you want to, if you want to grow the game and expose the game to, to people, I guess in the rural areas or, or things like that, you have to take the game to them. Um, so if you, if we do that as, as Saru or whatever, then I feel that in the, in the next 10 years, you'll obviously, uh, you'll have more people of color coming through. Like, like the last World Cup, you can see we had a good representation and all that stuff. So uh, I think it, we're going in the right direction. Um, we obviously have people like Sio Kalisi leading from the front, uh, Lucanio Arm and all those guys. So um, I think I think South African rugby is in a good place at the moment. Uh, obviously, it's difficult right now with the pandemic and the Lions tour and all that stuff. So uh, I think we're adapting well and uh, let's just get to those three tests so we can we can take it up. Well, that's the big question now. We've got the, the Georgia test was just canceled. That was unfortunate because of the yeah, pandemic. Exactly. And Georgia, Georgia's playing Scotland this weekend. So um, they, I guess they, they've come away from it okay. It didn't have to be. The, the bigger impact was, was in the Springboks camp where some of the staff came down and a couple of players, four players at least. But uh, I, I don't know what's going on now, but the British and Irish Lions tour, are very disappointing from the, the standpoint of the pandemic. But it, it appears as if the three test games are going to be played in Cape Town, in the mother city, uh, if they're actually played. Yeah, I've heard, like, I heard two of the games will be at Cape Town Stadium and obviously now the looting, the third one also might be down in Cape Town. So um, I don't know whose advantage that is, but I know for a fact that uh, once you get between the four lines, it doesn't matter where you play, it's going to be war. So especially a, a game like that where it's got so much history and it's 12 years in the making and everyone's obviously want to play against the Lions. So it's, it's going to be a good test series, I feel. Um, obviously, I'm a I'm a South African born and bred, so I think we're gonna we're gonna take it three 0 but uh, that's <laughs> being a little bit biased. So uh, let's see how it turns out, and I'm excited to, to watch the series. Well, that's probably a little less than objective. I, I'll give you that, but, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm 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 thinking two to one is realistic, and I'm hoping it's three to zero. But we'll see what happens. But watching the um, the Curry Cup teams play against the British and Irish Lions has not been promising so far. It's been been pretty rough road for the Sharks and the Lions in those three games. Oof. A hundred percent. Like that's obviously one of my dreams to play against them. But just looking at the games from afar, it's, it's you can see that the Lions obviously a very fit team, and the first half they kind of grind out the teams, tied out the forwards, and then uh, they kind of open it up going into the second half. Um, but it's going to be a, a totally different story, uh, I guess, tomorrow when they play the SAA, which is a pretty strong team. So uh, excited to watch that game as well, and, and that will kind of give us an indication as how the the series will go. Well, there's a little secret. I don't think that people know this. It's not common knowledge, but I'll share it with you, Kurt. Um, so, you know, um, Lucanio Am wasn't the first selection for that Springboks team uh, on the wing. I was, yeah. uh, but Rossi changed. <laughs> Ross, Rossi, Rossi couldn't give me a residency requirement, so I had to be dropped from the squad. Oh, um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's a bummer. I would love to see you play against uh, against the Lions. No, no, I was talking about for the World Cup. I was supposed to play for the World Cup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, listen, one last question before we let you go. You're very kind with your time today, Kurt. It's a pleasure to get a chance to chat with you. Um, your, your time in Atlanta, 
what's it been like? Uh, is there been a particularly rewarding part of it? I know it's tough with the injury, the broken bone, but you're coming back now. We, we've seen, we've seen Adrian Carlson. I think he's Carlson. I think with an injury now, we've seen Roy von Voigt go down. Uh, you were out, you're back now. Um, and, and Matt Heaton's been down with injuries. This team just keeps going. Um, what's it like for you playing on this squad? Has it been an enjoyable experience? Uh, they pretty, oh, seem, very much so. Very they seem, much so. They seem to be pretty serious about their craft. Oh, 100%. Um, I knew coming in here because I had a chat to Scott, obviously, before before I got here. And I kind of uh, asked him, like, what's the vibe going to be in regards to who we're going to sign, what type of rugby we're going to play. And, and that kind of uh, made my decision a lot easier uh, as to how professional he was and, and our setup over here. So once getting here, getting to know the players and getting to know the mindset of, of everyone, um, we obviously brought in as a collective group to say, OK, right, last year's done and we only won two out of the five games, but we were we felt that we were on the up and up. Uh, and then going into this year, we were like, okay, right, we're going, we're pushing for, obviously, for the shield and everything. So once you have the collective buy-in, there's no room for slacking. And if you slack, you're not going to make the team. So that's one thing that, that we've been pretty hard on. Uh, in terms of the injuries, like I said earlier, we are blessed with, like, a lot of depth. Um, obviously, Adrian came in and, and killed it. Um, so yeah, he's also back from injury. So we will see how we go this week, and uh, we'll just continue, like I said, prepping for whoever we're going to play against, uh, and, and do what we have to do to to win the games. Well, Kirk Coleman, it's been a distinct pleasure. Uh, I'm glad to have a chance to chat with you today. Thank you for your insights and sharing your experiences. Chris. Yeah, bye bye, Donkey, and uh, perhaps we'll get you <laughs> back on if you guys win the championship. Hundred <laughs> percent. Looking forward to chatting to you soon. <laughs>